When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. No more Mr. Nice Guy? Fuck that. I don't care. I'm going to continue to be who I am. A lot of people get messed over, fucked over, and then they're like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Now I'm going to be an asshole. Fuck that. I'm not going to let anybody change me. It's the Vieira Vault. Hey, hey, and it's me, Ralph Vieira. And the reason I brought up the no more Mr. Nice Guy stuff has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about because... What I'm about to talk about, I was not messed over in any way. Okay, so don't don't get it twisted, okay? Uh, I just saw like somebody post, Oh man, that's it, man. I'm tired of being nice. You know, you're tired of being nice and then somebody fucks you over. It's like, well, let me let me be a, a not nice to everybody else because of this, this asshole. That, I, that's the only reason I brought it up. It has nothing to do with, which many of you may know, that are listening to me now, because you follow me uh, on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I left the Rock and Metal Podcast. Po- <laughs> it's a tongue twister, isn't it? Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I've been doing it for six years, and it's still hard to get out. But um, And it's a bitch to make somebody say it, you know, like uh, musicians that I've met. <laughs> they always mess it up, or you know, nine times out of ten. Blitz from Overkill got it right. Anyway, um, you know... There's two sides to every story, and unfortunately, I don't want to talk about my side. I really don't. I feel like, to me, it's just a dead issue. Well, it's not technically a dead issue now, but goddamn, I'm dying for it to be a dead issue. You know, I really want to move past that, and I know it's fresh. It just happened a day or two ago that I left, and it was not, not under the best circumstances, but honestly, it's just... The last couple episodes of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Look, I said it right that time without twisting it. I didn't get it twisted. The last few episodes we did were so good. I mean, so good. That with the little problem I had, well, it was a big problem. And I left, I was like, wow, this is a great way to end what I consider the best podcast ever. Hands down. I still stand by that. I think what Ian and I did was this chemistry that was fucking, I can never top it. Vieira Vault will never do it. Uh, I don't think I'll ever find a a co-host like that uh, where I can jive as well as me and him did. And I know everybody that listens to us, Fanatical, will agree. But also at the same time, it's like, how cool is it to end it how we did? You know, that last Tool episode was awesome. 
And um, and the episodes before that, too. I thought, you know, there were long episodes and I busted my ass uh, adding, um, you know, editing. I added all the episodes, but this one, these last ones, I added a little, you know, bells and whistles. And I just think that's great. That's a great way to end it, you know. It just, I don't know, in a way I feel like, you know, we stopped at top, at the top. And um, that's it. That's pretty much all I want to talk about when it comes to that. I don't want to get into any more, you know, the problems and stuff. And uh, But I also want to apologize. There's two people out there that are bummed that I'm not going to Rock and Pod 4. And I sincerely apologize that I'm not going. But I don't think... I should be the reason you don't go now. I think you should still go because the rock and pod for is going to be awesome. They're always awesome. It's always a blast over there. And, um, I think you should go regardless of me going or not. So am I done? Is there anything else I want to talk about? No, if anybody out there that wanted to hear drama about my exit of rock and metal combat podcast, you can, uh, shut off now because, I'm done talking about it. That's it. But this is what I'm going to do with uh, my comeback episode. Well, I haven't been gone that long. Cheap Trick was up not too long ago. Um, I was talking to a few friends today about uh, ideas for this podcast. And, uh, man, we got some wacky stuff. And it's going to be nothing like the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Just like every Vieira Volt episode was nothing like the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I wanted to make it separate. I don't want to review records here. You know, I'll talk about music. I'll talk about movies, life or news, whatever, you know. Uh, but this time in this episode, um, a couple of weeks ago on one of my really old YouTube channels that's been floating around. I don't even have the password to it, but it's still there. Uh, there's a couple videos on there and I found a really funny one that I said, oh, man, this is hilarious. I forgot about it. I did this like 10 years ago. So, you know, I took it out of there and I uploaded it on my Almost Human channel and it was blocked worldwide, which is a weird thing about YouTube. It's like, you know, I guess the more popular you are, the more they keep their eye on you because on that channel they left it up there, but over there it's blocked. So the beautiful thing about YouTube is that um, you can, when it says block worldwide, if you click on the block worldwide, it shows you exactly where on the video it's blocked. And I saw that and I said, man, if I was to edit these little parts out, because these little parts really is visual. It's more like um, it has text, you know, writings with music underneath. So if I was to eliminate that music and text and talk to you and then play what I'm about to play, uh, it should escape the censors because I don't think they're going to block songs played backwards. And also, I want to say that please go to the YouTube Vieira Vault. I'm going to have a link on this video and every video coming up. Go there, subscribe there, because here on Spreaker, all the old episodes are being taken away. Every time I put a new episode up, the one below, you know, the one at the bottom goes away. But on YouTube, it has all of them, which is awesome. So... Please subscribe to the that the Vieira Vault and fuck this Spreaker shit. <laughs> I hope they don't hear me. They might fucking censor this uh, episode. But um, anyway, so what I did was I did an uh, 
backward masking thing. You know, uh, Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven, and a couple other songs. If you play it backwards, there's satanic messages. So I'm going to play that, what I had on YouTube, but I'm also going to talk now so I can save you from the text uh, that banned it from my new channel. So just in case when I upload this and it goes to YouTube, it doesn't get banned. So uh, this the first thing I'm going to play you is from Led Zeppelin, uh, Stairway to Heaven, and I'm going to play it forward. And then I'm going to play it backwards. I'm going to let you say, I'm going to let you know what it says backwards. If there's a button in your hedgerow, don't be alone there. It's just a sprinkly for the main queen. All right, now when you play it backwards, this is what it says, supposedly. So here's to my sweet Satan, the one whose little path would make me sad, whose power is Satan. Okay, and then in another part of the song, when you play it backwards, it says, He'll give you 666. There was a little tool shed where he made us suffer. Sad Satan. <laughs> Check it out. I mean, that's stretching it. Does he really say sad Satan? Let's hear that part again. <laughs> I think they're stretching it there. It's uh, most of it's kind of like incoherent. I mean, I can kind of make out Satan and 666, but. That last, that thing. <laughs> I know it's stretching it. But this one I'm going to play you now is way more upfront. I mean, I can make this one out. Now, everything I'm playing you is only 10 seconds long because I'm going to edit, you know, for it to make it. And this is from the album The Game by Queen. This is Another One Bites the Dust Forward. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Ow! Another one bites the dust. Hey! Okay, now we're going to play this backwards. And I got to say, this does sound pretty clear. <laughs> it says, it's fun to smoke marijuana. And it's pretty wild. This one does sound pretty clear. Check it out. Yeah, that one sounds pretty coherent, I think. Uh, the next one was not on my YouTube video, actually. This is something, a bonus, a bonus backward masking uh, from the stick song, Snowblind. Check it out. Forward. Life's not pretty, even though I try so hard to make it so. All right, this one is very incoherent. It's supposed to say Satan moves through our voices, but it sounds like more like Satan or I I yes. <laughs> Check it out. Why <laughs> sax? I don't know, it sounds more like sausage to me, like Satan's cooking us some sausage. <laughs> sad Satan. Or sad wagon. Anyway, all right, enough of these Bible thumpers looking all through these backward messages, trying to find some satanic stuff. 
I took it upon myself to check through all my CDs and vinyl to find some backward messaging my stuff. Because, you know, uh, I have all the time in the world like Bible thumpers. And uh, check it out. I found some stuff. And let me tell you something. The stuff I found, it's much more clear. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It really does sound like these words you're about to hear. The first clip I'm going to play you is from ABBA. And I'm going to play it forward so you know what it sounds like backwards. This is from their song, Chikatika. Chikatika, tell me what's wrong. You're enchained by your own sorrow. That's forward. I think, isn't it such a sweet and innocent, beautiful song? But when you play it backwards, oh dear. I mean, I don't even have to like tell you what it says. I mean, it's so clear. It's unmistakably backward masking. And uh, oh my God, it's horrific. Check it out. Stick your cock up her ass, you motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Wow. Come on. Was that, like, so obvious or what? All these Bible thumpers are here making out all these words. Look at me. I find these songs that are so clear. Wow. All right, this next one I'm going to play you. This is the one that uh, got banned on YouTube. Because when you uh, put up Beatles music, forget it. So I'm going to cut this one down a lot. It's from uh, the Let It Be album, the song Two of Us. Check it out. Forward, edited. So it'll make it on YouTube. Two of us riding nowhere Spending someone's How to cut it right there. Because if I go over 10 seconds, it's going to get blocked worldwide. So... I made it right under 12 seconds. So now I'm going to play it backwards. And oh man, this is just as coherent as that satanic ABBA song. Check it out. Hello, this is Jesus. John is right. Your big dolls are bigger than me. Hey, John. Who's the ugly bird you're with? Insane. I'm telling you, that is insanity. It sounds like it says, this is Jesus and John's right and the Beatles are bigger than me. And then it says, hey, John, who's the ugly bird you're with? I mean, not only is that weird, but it's kind of coincidental with the Beatles story. I mean, wow. I am shocked. Anyway... Let's keep going. And then here's one from my all-time favorite band. This is uh, Forward, the song off Never Say Die from the Mighty Black Sabbath. This is Air Dance Forward. Again, I had to cut it at 10 seconds because it does go on longer. The backward masking goes on longer. It's more part of that song. But I cut it down to end. 10 seconds so it won't get banned on YouTube. So check this out. This is really eerie. Playing that part backwards, but extended. Check it out. Jesus, 
fucked your mom and gave her a bloody dirty Sanchez. Man, that's even more coincidental than the Beatles one because, no, it's just as coincidental. It's like, damn, Black Sabbath did fuck all your moms. I never knew it gave your moms dirty Sanchez. Uh, Maybe that part is not true and it's just part of the noises you hear on there. Okay, this next one is crazy. I mean, crazy. This is uh, from the Christian metal band Striper. And out of all their songs, I find these crazy satanic messages. Uh, When you play it backwards, was their ballad, Honesty. Here's 10 seconds of it. God, I hate to cut it because of these YouTube censors, but it does go on much longer because when you play it backwards, it's much longer than that section, but it is from that section. Oh my God, this is crazy. Check this out backwards. If you change your mind on the Come on now. I mean, wow. It's saying take a chance on Satan over and over again on a Striper song. I am floored, shocked, and befuddled. Anyway, wow. Still, I'm in shock with that one. But here's the last one. This is uh, from Kiss. The disco hit from 1979. I was made for love you. And this is it forward just for 10 seconds. I want to give it all to you in the darkness. All right, now here it is backwards, but it's much longer. But you know what I was saying earlier? You play it forward for more than 10 seconds, might get banned worldwide on YouTube or in some countries. That's weird. YouTube's weird. Anyway, check this out. This is also extremely coincidental backwards. Check it out. I'm Paul Bowie of Kiss, and I was made for loving your cock. Whoa! You know, when I heard that one before, I didn't hear Satan. I just heard about Paul Stanley wanting was made for loving your cock. But that Satan part, I didn't hear that the first time around. That's extremely eerie. I mean, did you guys hear that or am I hearing things? I think we should play that again. I got to make sure. Did it say Satan? I swear I didn't hear that the first time. Hi, I'm Paul Bowie of Kiss. And I was made for loving your cock. Satan! Yup, I wasn't hearing things. Wow. Satan. Loving your cock, Satan. I think he's talking about he wants Satan's cock. Anyway, that's it for now. Hey, I got a lot more albums, a lot more CDs, so I'm going to keep looking. And if I find anything else, I will put it up here on the Vieira Vault. All right, something else that I found in my archives is, uh, I believe this was my very first radio interview. It had to be. Uh, with this beautiful, beautiful lady called Jet, 
who's on Metal Messiah Radio, and she interviewed me right when we were about to release our first album, Thrasher Dye's first album, Poser Holocaust. And, uh, wow, I forgot I did this interview, so it's kind of interesting. I think it's good enough to throw on here, you know, to make the episode a little longer. I didn't want to make, like, what are we, like 20 minutes in or even less? You know, just to make it a bit longer, and it's going to be a little edited, you know, the juicy parts of the interview. And, uh, well, actually, I don't even know if there's juicy parts. To tell you the truth, I found the CD now, and I haven't heard it. So, I'm going to put it in. I know it's a long interview, but I'm going to cut it to the best parts of the interview. And then we'll end it, and I got a few more things to talk about after this interview. So, here I am with the lovely Jet from Metal Messiah Radio, interviewing me right before we released our first album, Poser Holocaust. Enjoy. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday Night Special with Jet. Tonight we have with us the one and only Dr. Fuck of Thrash or Die, one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Funny, personable, but professional. Great band. I know you're going to love him once we play the CD later on. Here's the little interview I had with the good doctor right here on the Saturday Night Special with Jet on MetalMessiahRadio.com. Here you go. Me and Dr. Fuck. I'm sorry, Mom. Hi, this is Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die, and you're listening to Metal Messiah Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Saturday Night Special with Jet. Tonight, the doctor is in the house. That's right. Dr. Fuck, lead singer, frontman, and founding member of the Florida-based thrash band Thrasher Die. Good evening, Doc. Hello, Jen. I'm so glad to be on your show. (laughs) We're so glad to have you. Now, Doc, Thrash or Die's been around for, like, what, four years or so? Yeah, roughly around four years, yeah. I'm not good at math. I think it's four years. (laughs) So who's the brainchild behind all this, and, and how did the band come about? Well, I'm the brainchild. I have everything to do with the band, and everybody else in this band are just, you know, all on for the ride. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, I started the band with our guitar player, Hell Vomit Sodomizer. That's actually his real name. Um, well, actually, I'm lying. His last name's not Sodomizer. But, uh, yeah, his first name is Hell Vomit. And um, uh, me and him started the band. Uh, oddly enough, I mean, to make a long story longer, uh, we um, were enemies, actually. We hated each other. Well, actually, I hated him more than he hated me. He wanted to be my friend. He did some stuff that I won't go into, and uh, then everything turned around. It was just meant to be, you know, that uh, me and him became friends, and uh, we started writing songs. I, actually, I never wanted to be in a band. I've always been a, a, a fan of metal, thrash metal and traditional metal and death metal and black metal. That um, he uh, told me one day, because he, he plays a lot of death metal, he said, you know, I want to start a thrash band. And I didn't think nothing of it. So one day I was listening to an Onslaught CD, and I said, man, I think I can do that. And then I called him up and I said, you know what, I think I can do some thrash vocals. Come on, let's write. And we wrote, our very first song was uh, Wake Up, Smell the Thrash, and uh, it was just me and him. And then we found a bass player and a drummer, and then we recorded a demo, and it sounded really good, and we took off from there. 
No, you know, reading what little bit you have out, you guys are very reclusive with your information there. It said that when you first got all your band members together there, you know, some horrible event happened, and they all got sucked in some kind of vortex somewhere, Ooh. and then you had... <laughs> yes, yes, I, uh, uh, it was an alien. A, lot of alien uh, a spaceship came down from, uh, it just landed in Hialeah, uh, Hialeah, Florida. And took all the band members, just left me and hell vomit alone. We had to get other guys, you know. <laughs> so when you, as soon as you got these other guys, did you, like, delve right into the writing process? Yeah, they they actually, um, our drummer, Darth Vodka, uh, that's actually not his real name. <laughs> but uh, he, um, he he's very, very instrumental in uh, puzzling it all together. We give him the puzzle pieces, and he puts it all together into a nice big puzzle and, and he, he's really good at song structuring and uh, he's very very important to the band so uh, yeah he, he's very instrumental um, our bass player uh, he's fairly new he, he joined us when most of the songs well all the songs were already written on Poser Holocaust but we are writing new songs now and he's uh, coming up with some really sick stuff you know the next album is going to be I think even sicker than this one you know but this one's sick trust me so when you guys do, like, your whole writing process, like you were saying, do you, know, what do you, do you basically do all the lyrics yourself? And, I mean, or does it, it sounds like, you know, they come in with songs, like, hey, what do you think of this song I wrote? And you either like it or not. How do you actually go about it? Do you all get together in a big room and write, or? You know, uh, what's really funny about how we write songs, I always, like, read interviews of bands, uh, how bands write songs is that they write the music first, Yep. And then they, they write lyrics to the music. We're the exact opposite. <laughs> I'll write lyrics. I'll write a, a song, and then I'll call Hell Vomit. And I say, look, man, I wrote these lyrics. And then he writes music to them. We do exactly the opposite. And basically, I wrote all the lyrics on the album except for Terror Vision, which is all Hell Vomit Sodomizer. And some of Zombie Assault, Dark Vodka came up with some of the lines in that song, too. Um, but uh, everything else I wrote, yeah, I wrote all the lyrics to it, and uh, we all get together in a big room, and we uh, hash them out, we thrash it out until we get it right, and, and we have such a chemistry that it doesn't really take us long, it's pretty scary how fast we write songs, it is kind of scary. <laughs> so, you know, tonight we're not only here to learn a little bit about the band, but we're going to be rele officially releasing the new album, Poser Holocaust, right here on Metal Messiah Radio. Now, this is also your, your debut album, right? Yes, it is. It's our very first album. We worked really, really hard for it uh, to, to make it happen. It took us like a couple years because while recording the album, we had somebody break into our warehouse and uh, steal all our gear, all our drums and the bass, and then um, then after that we moved out of there, but we were really ready. Uh, bah, we were, we were, God, I'm having a brain fart. We already recorded the drums, so then we had to record the guitars and vocals and bass somewhere else, and that was like months in between. But, uh, yeah, it took us about uh, roughly about a year to record the whole album. Wow. So the songs were done already, and we... We played a lot of shows in between, you know. That's another reason why we uh, we we took a long time to record the album because we were booked to play all these shows that we had to practice, practice, and we had to push the album aside for a while. And that's pretty much why it took a while. But uh, listening to the final product, I think it's well worth the wait. If you're into thrash out there, you're gonna love this album. Trust me. And another thing I would love to talk about is that there is a whole resurgence of this 
retro thrash thing, which I love a lot of the retro thrash bands like mm-hmm. the Renis Boys and Toxic Holocaust, Warbringer, and, and so on. But I don't really consider ourselves a retro band because, number one, we started before the retro revolution started. Uh, and also, uh, a lot of these retro bands um, weren't really around in the 80s. They're all young guys. You know, I mean, sure. I was in the... I was watching the Slayer in, in the 88 on the South Haven tour, and I saw Motorhead way back in 1980. And, you know, and, and this whole band, there's a big generation gap. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 40s, the drummer's in his 30s, the bass player's in his early 30s. Uh, the, one of the guitar players is um, in his mid-20s, and her, her rich, the guitar player on the album, Mario, is uh, 18 or 17, I think, when he made the album. So we have this huge, big generation gra- gap. And the, um, the whole band, and I don't really consider ourselves a retro band because uh, we kind of like lived it. So, and I think if you listen to the album, it does have a real old school oh, yeah. feel yep. because the way we recorded it, we put it through analog, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got that analog feel to it, but yet it doesn't sound. It has kind of like a good production to it, but it's still very old school sounding, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you that too. That's funny that you mentioned that because that was actually one of the things I was going to ask. Be, you know, being in Florida, the death metal home, USA, whatever. Yes. But you know, today there's so much death metal coming from all over the place that it's almost like people are just kind of getting. I don't want to say sick and tired of it, but sick and tired of it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I know. It's like they're looking for something new, and mm-hmm. I think that's where you guys kind of fill a niche because you are. You know, it's it's thrash. It's to me personally, right? When I listen to you guys, it's new thrash metal, you know, just with the technology and everything of today. But you got that familiar sound, you know what I mean? That makes, you know, I don't want to, like, like you said, for people your age and my age, it is a bit, you know, it's kind of nostalgia, you know. And I think some of these new bands that are coming out that try to capture, they really don't know because they didn't live it like we did, damn it. Exactly. We were there. We, we were in the mosh pit. Uh, we lived the 80s, the arena, the arena rock, you know, I mean, that was a special time that can never be come back. And, you know, for me and, and the drummer uh, as well, he, he came in the tail end of it that we really know the true meaning of it and we know what uh, the song should sound like and we really do capture the spirit of 80s thrash, I think. So, you know, speaking about that, how is the thrash scene like there in your area, Florida, down in southern Florida? Well, when we started, it was non-existent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know of any thrash band here. Now we have a couple that are coming up. That there's a new one that I uh, that I just discovered the other day that's really good. And thank God, I can't remember their names. <laughs> <laughs> but they're really good. But they're all little kids, and they're from Hialeah. They're gonna kill me. Uh, I'm thinking toxic, but it's not toxic. It's it's with a oh, forgive me. But I'm trying to get a a show going with them. There's another band, I think they're disbanded, they were called Acidosis, they were kind of thrashy, and another one called Warwick, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Oh, and there's an older band called Sis that just recently got back together, and I will talk about that later because we're booked to play a show with them in a couple months, mm-hmm. and uh, they're really, really good. They were very thrashy. They were before us. They broke up, and they just recently got back together, and I'm very excited to be playing a show with them. But uh, as a whole, yeah, it's very much non-existent, the thrash movement here, but I'm trying to get, you know, all these uh, young thrash bands to 
exposure, you know, so we can we can start a scene down here. Because, yes, it is mostly black metal and death metal down here. Every mm-hmm. time we play a show, we're booked with these type of bands, you know. Right. I, I think maybe the band you're talking about is something like Ornament or something like that. No, that's going to bug me, too. Okay. After this, we'll start Googling. <laughs> Oh, my God, I can't. And, and I want to book a show with them. Uh, maybe you'll have me on a show next time, and I'll say their name a million times, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're so sorry, but this is what we meant. So, yeah, so you guys could be, you know, get the resurgence. Go, well, I don't know. Start something there, because I don't really know if you're resurging anything down in southern Florida as far as that. It's hard. Goes. It's hard. Because <laughs> down here, it's all about reggaeton and uh, the Gloria's. <laughs> shit machine, whatever they call it, Gloria Estefan, and, you know, and your hip-hop and stuff like that, and, you know, we, we, we do stick out like a sore thumb, and it is hard for us. Uh, we do have a following, though, believe it or not, I, I mean, in Miami, because there are some hungry kids out here that are just sick of the reggaeton and sick of, you know, what Florida has to offer to the world, that everybody looks at Florida as a certain type of thing, but there is a huge, huge metal community down here uh, in southern Florida that uh, bands... Uh, major bands that tour know this because when they come down here, they pack the house. You know, they right. Mark was just recently here and it was, you know, sold out and Testament sold out. I mean, uh, it's huge down here. It is huge, but it's 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 a, it's one of the metal's biggest secrets. Is South Florida is full of metalheads, and uh, a large segment of them is South Americans because there's an influx of South Americans that moved to South Florida, and they are like the most dedicated. Like, you would see, like, you know, if you see videos of Iron Maiden in Rio or Argentina, they're fanatical. And there's a lot of them here in South Florida now. Now, when you guys recorded, did you record it locally? Uh, yeah, we recorded all, all in uh, Opelika at Hialeah, Florida. That's where we're from. And well, I'm from Miami Beach, but everybody else lives over there. <laughs> I'm about 20 minutes away. And what did you guys, was it all self-produced, too? Yeah, uh, my drummer mixed it. Um, and uh, we did send it to get mastered by a genius in Nashville that, again, I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at names, but, uh, oh, uh, Luke, that's his first name. At least I remember his first name. His name is Luke. He's from Nashville, and he did an amazing job on mastering it. Cause when my drummer mixed it, I heard it, I said, we don't need to master this. It sounds perfect as it is. And he's like, no, trust me, we got to master it. And then when the guy mastered it, I was like, wow, it was like night and day. I was like, wow, this is amazing, the quality of it, you know. It's, but, uh, yeah, we, we pretty much did it ourselves, and we sent it off to Nashville for, to get mastered. But everything makes producing, you know, uh, our drummer pretty much cracked the whip on all the musicians uh, in the band to get it on, you know, uh, not on the first take, though. Mine was mostly first takes, which you can tell sometimes my voice cracks, but I think that's the magic of it, you know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> now, now, besides the beautiful, poetic trailer for the album, do you guys plan on releasing some videos and stuff like that to go along with the new CD, too? Actually, we have, like, four videos in the works. Uh, one, uh, <laughs> one is going to be actually puppets. Uh, we're going to make a video for Wake Up Small Rush where I already saw the puppets are almost done. They're puppets that look like us. And uh, we're going to have it, you know, in front of a blue screen with destruction, you know, uh, like a whole city on fire behind us. And we're going to be amputating, the puppets are going to be amputating people. And it's going to be a real sick video. And then the other ones, 
We're going to do uh, pretty much going to be straightforward. Uh, Have you picked a single off the new CD? Uh, I think that the single should be uh, No Poses Allowed because it seems to be the most popular track uh, with uh, the people that come see us play. Um, so that would be our single for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's, you know, we were going to make a video for it, but I'm not sure if that will be the first video that we release, but I, I would like it to be the first single. So I think it kind of represents the album a little bit. It's kind of like, it's not as fast as the rest of the album except the middle section, but it pretty much, uh, it, it's the attitude of the song. Um, and another thing I, I like to stress about the song, No Pose Allowed, a lot of people seem to think that we're talking about, oh, you're a poser if you listen to Bon Jovi or if you listen to Poison or Motley Crue or whatever. That's not what the song is saying. The song is basically talking about I got the inspiration when I went to go see Celtic Frost at the at the culture room, mm-hmm. and during one of the so- newer songs that I wasn't too crazy about, I ran out to go buy a shirt, and when I ran out to buy a, per- a shirt in this patio area far from the stage, it was packed with people taking pictures of each other, and I'm like, why are you out here? Why aren't you, you know, watching the show? So that's where I got the... You know, these guys are posers. They come to the show just to be here, just to act like you're metal, but you're not really metal. There's a line in the song that says, uh, everything about you is so fake and so wrong. You wear a band's T-shirt and you don't even know their song, mm-hmm. which is basically the type of poser we're talking about. Because if somebody out there says, you know what, I like Merciful Fate and I like Poison, I don't really consider that per- person a poser because he's not hiding anything from anybody. To me, that's not a poser. Mm-hmm. Poser is somebody that pretends there's something that they're not, you know? Right. So that's, a, you know, we do get a lot of flack from that. Oh, the, you always call, you know, people can like what they want, you know, I go, that's not what the song's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, that's what No Pose Allowed's about, you know? Yeah, and then you could, when they say, well, what is the song about? You could say, well, why don't you buy the CD and find out? <laughs> exactly. That's what, you know, I tell a lot of people, you know, they, they, they say, why don't you listen to the words before you accuse us of, like, you know, because there are, like, Bon Jovi fans that get offended, you know, and I'm like, look, if, if you like Bon Jovi, I mean, as long as you don't hide it, because if you like Bon Jovi and you hide it, then you're a poser. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I hate Bon Jovi. But, no. <laughs> so basically then you just told me that's why you picked that uh, name for the album Poser Holocaust. Well, not only that, we're actually hoping that the album will inspire uh, an actual Poser Holocaust. We, we hope that <laughs> Uh, the album will actually bring uh, the end to all posers and mass genocide to posers, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, unless they change their ways, uh, death to them all. Hey, while we're on the, the subject of all, you know, the, the CD and all the pictures and stuff, who did all the artwork for the CD? Oh, that's a good question. Um, our our uh, bass player, um, Triple Six Horn Angler, uh, that's not his name. That's not, it's kind of like a straight, that we gave him that name, you know. Well, actually, he gave himself that name. He came up with most of it. Uh, then we have somebody called Dan Jackson, who's a really good friend of ours. He, uh, he did some of the artwork that you see on the tray. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and El Robert also did some of the artwork. Now, the posters that you see on each page, which, it depicts each band member as a movie poster. Mm-hmm. I was all a bass player. He did that cool. with Photoshop, and it, it came out really, really great. Jet, I want to send you a copy. Okay, good, because I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely want to send you one, because um, I know what you have is uh, 
there's the promo thing, but I, I want you to see the layout. And that's oh, what's yeah. nice about the hard copies. I mean, I prefer hard copies over the digital just for that main reason. Yeah. All the art, and then I can find out what the words are. It's yeah, like yeah, exactly. Well, you'll love my lyrics. They're very, they're very thoughtful. They're very I'm sure. It sounds like you have a lot of love songs and stuff on there. Uh, yeah, well, one, just one. <laughs> <laughs> that's just fucking metal, that's a lot. <laughs> so when you uh, do your show on a Sunday night, you're going to have merch as well? I mean, I, I know you're going to be bringing the CDs, but do you have any merch at all uh, right now? Yeah, we, we have shirts. Uh, we have three different types of shirts. We have one that's a green logo with no pose allowed on the back. We have a red logo one that says Enter the Circle of Thrash. And uh, something that you may not be aware of, uh, you have seen the album cover, correct? Yes. Well, the album cover has that big arm coming out. Mm -hmm. That's actually our, we want to make him our, our mascot. The arm? Uh, uh, yeah, that arm. No, no, well, his name is Spike. <laughs> we want <laughs> and uh, we, have a, we have a shirt that just has Spike on it with, the, with our, with our um, logo on top, and in the back it says, Pose or Meet Your Termination. <laughs> sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And I don't know why Bon Jovi keeps popping up and every time you mention Moser Holocaust, but poor guy. <laughs> What'd you say, Bon Phony? <laughs> that poor guy, he's having such a hard time making a living, and then you got to yeah, on top of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the first song, Fatal Fury. Tell us a little bit about what this song's about. Fatal Fury is a song where it was originally called I Am Your God Now. But uh, it was changed because uh, it didn't pass through the Thrasher Die Congress. Oh, no. um, so it, we named it Fatal Fury. Now, Fatal Fury, my guitar player came up with it. And it turns out he didn't tell me this because I'm not too savvy when it comes to video games. I knew it. There's, there's an old video game from the 80s called Fatal Fury. Mm -hmm. But the song has nothing to do with the video game. Uh, the song has to do with every type of addiction there is. We talk about alcoholism, drug addiction, gambling, every addiction but sex, oddly enough. I don't know how I left that one out, because <laughs> I suffer from that one. Now, I don't suffer from any other uh, addiction, but that one, yeah, I didn't write that in. Because I guess, you know, um, what do you call, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to use? I have it, like, submerged in, in my brain. I don't want to face it, you know, but... Uh, yeah, it does uh, talk about cocaine and uh, gambling and alcohol and cigarettes and uh, you name it. You know, every line is a different type of addiction. That's what that song's about. Okay, so that's track one, Fatal Fury. Fatal Fury. There you go. And I want to add that uh, in the middle I say, uh, there's a line when the song stops and I say, just when they thought they knew the answers, I changed the questions. Uh, I hope I don't get sued by the wrestler Roddy Piper because that's one of his lines. Oh, thanks for telling everybody now. <laughs> oh, oh. No, but I'm sure if he ever heard it, you know. Wow. Well, I know, but the thing is that metal people, especially the metal people that listen to Metal Messiah Radio, they know how to keep quiet and they don't want to get in trouble because they're good people. They're all good people out there. Yeah, exactly. Now, track number two. No posers allowed. I'm almost afraid to ask. What's it about? Okay, no posers allowed. Uh, it's about people that pretend to be something they're not. It has nothing to do with people that like what, what thrashers in the 80s would call poser bands. 
because, you know, hey, uh, I'm even guilty of liking some of it, you know, not all of it, but there's some uh, bands that are label posers that, that rocked, man, you know, and I, I really have no, nothing against people that like those bands, but I do have uh, a lot against people that like those bands but won't let anybody know. And I also don't like people that would walk around with an Iron Maiden shirt and couldn't tell you uh, a name of one of their songs. Or recently I've been seeing the new flux of Hellhammer shirts too, just to look cult, you know. Mm -hmm. They don't really know, you know, uh, about the bands. They're phony, they're fake, and uh, I, I, I would love to see them get their ass kicked in front of me during shows. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Track number three, Zombie Assault. Watch okay. this one, yikes. All right, Zombie Assault is about, uh, you know, when uh, dead people... Uh, they they come out of the grave, right? And they call them zombies. And uh, our song is about like some nuclear nuclear reaction brought the dead back. And uh, and the song is basically about me singing about zombies chasing me because there's a uh, you know there's a line that says uh, they're eating up the living, still they want some more. I boarded up my window, put the dresser on the door. You know I'm running out of bullets. I start to shit my pants. I gotta get my car, it's the only chance. You know, it's, it's basically the whole, the first verse is me hiding from them, the second verse is me running away from them, the third verse is me uh, running them over, and the very end of the song, one bites me in the neck and I turn into a zombie. Yikes! <laughs> I can't wait for the video of that one. <laughs> okay, track number four, The Return of the Thrash Lord. Very theatrical track. Tell us about that one. Okay, Return of the Thrash Lord was raving about I wrote that song, lyric-wise, in about, I'm not lying, about two, five minutes tops. Uh, it was just one day my guitar player called up, uh, Helvon, that called me up, and he said, uh, hey, write a song called The Return of the Thrash Lord. And when he first told me that, I go, no, man, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. He goes, oh, please do it. I go, no, I don't want to do it. And I hung up, and I was at work, and I just thought, let me just write some and I just wrote the thing. It's, it just wrote itself, you know what I mean? I feel like I didn't even write it. It just came out, you know, and then when I read it to him, he was like, oh, my God, those lyrics are God, you know? Okay, let's write some some music to it. And pretty much it's about, uh, yeah, it's kind of like uh, in the tradition of uh, uh, No Poser Out. It's uh, this guy, that's, he's the Thrash Lord, and he's killing posers. That's basically what it's about. Uh, and also he kills God and the devil, you know? He's really badass. <laughs> Track number five, Terror Vision. Terror Vision is an old 80s movie that uh, my guitar player is really into. It's the only song on the album that he wrote the music and the lyrics to. Uh, he's a big fanatic of this movie, and uh, I borrowed it and I watched it. And God, that movie sucks. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I highly do not recommend this movie to anybody out there. But hey, you know, if you like shitty movies, you'll love this one, you know? <laughs> But uh, I don't even know if it's my favorite song on the album. It really is. And I have nothing to do with it, which kind of makes me sad that he wrote such a great song. Uh, Terrorvision is definitely my favorite song off the album. But I love all the songs, but that would have to be number one. Okay, so that's track number five, Terrorvision. Track number six, 
Moshpit Messiah. Now, my boss tells me that you wrote that song because you were surfing around the internet one day and you saw Metal Messiah Radio and you said, Hey, I would love to make a song because that radio station is so cool. I wish I could make a song as cool as that. And that's where you came up with Mosh Pit Messiah. Is that true? You caught me. You caught me. <laughs> well, that's the truth. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't catch on to that. Uh, it is true. I saw that, and uh, I saw I saw that, and I said, "Oh, I want to write a song called Metal Messiah," you know. <laughs> and my my uh, guitar player says, "No, man, they're gonna sue us." I go, "No, man, they're they're they're, they're the coolest people on the planet. They're not gonna sue us." And then he said, "Mosh to Messiah." I said, "You know what? I'll do that for you because um, you know I don't want to like offend them because what if they think the song sucks?" But it doesn't. Now, it's awesome. but so, so then I had to, like, you know, rewrite the lyrics because what this song is about now, it's about Jesus coming back and uh, really offended at all the blasphemy he sees with the uh, upside on crosses. And, and he goes to Norway on Halloween and he infiltrates the black metal scene and uh, stuff like that. It's just Jesus coming back very violent and he goes in the mosh pit and he kills everybody. You know, everybody that, you know, doesn't believe in him, you know. Jesus comes back real evil, you know. Jesus That's pretty much what the subject is about Moshka Messiah. Jesus goes to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> On Halloween. On <laughs> Halloween. Oh, my God. Okay, so that's Mosh Pit Messiah, the new version, after you had to revamp it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, this next one I feel like I'm going to have to go to confession after I say the name of the track. <laughs> I already know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> track number seven, Fist Fucking Metal. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, all right. Don't come to New I, I have some explaining to do. Yeah, I am a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, can tell. I don't, I don't think I want to get really into this song. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, but what I will say about the song is that we have guest vocals on it, uh, from this, uh, uh, really good, an amazing band down here, the Black Thrash band called Devastator, mm -hmm. and, uh, their song, uh, their singer is, um, George from Devastator, and, uh, he came in and he did the chorus to the song, and, uh, uh I love it, it's, it's actually our, our, uh, our duet, our, our love ballad, you know, we, we do, it's kind of like, uh, the thrash version of You Don't Bring Me Flowers. That sounds so wrong. Me and another guy's duet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I never really years. the act of fist fucking metal, you know? Well, not together. <laughs> okay, of course not. No. no. <laughs> you don't play for that team. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, we don't. Well, not with other bands. Just, <laughs> just my own band members. Oh, God. <laughs> we won't get into that. Yeah, let's not. That, that'll be another day. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a whole different interview. <laughs> no, they're going to ban your show if I go into that. Yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> no, I won't go into that. Well, I, I think I explained that one enough, right? We can move on, right? Yeah, yeah we can move on. Great. <laughs> okay, track number eight, Doppelganger. Now, is that like Ghost Hunter stuff? No, Doppelganger actually was very inspired by, you remember that show from uh, the 90s called Twin Peaks? Oh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, well, a lot of people didn't seem to like it, uh, <laughs> but me and my guitar player worshipped that show because we're weird. And uh, that, there's, that, there's a, a character in that show called Bob that uh, he's like an evil spirit that goes into people and he turns them crazy, so he turns them into doppelgangers where 
one second they're normal citizens, you know, and then the next second they're they're insane. That's what a doppelganger. You know, doppelganger is pretty much a person with a split personality, and that's basically what the song's about. It has lyrics that are very strange, but if you know the show, they're not strange at all. But the show is so strange, you know, like visions of a white horse and uh, I am the arm, which makes no sense while watching the show, but by reading the lyrics, you know, it makes sense enough that you go, oh, that's about Twin Peaks. And you know, so that, that's, that's my favorite song out of the whole CD. Really? <laughs> You know, I, I, you know what's funny when you say that? My band doesn't want to play that song, and I love that song, too. You know what I like about it is uh, the drums, the drum part, it's it's like he plays on the bell of the cymbal. It's just, I just like the sound all together, the whole thing, and the guitar has some great parts in that. I mean, the guitars throughout the whole album are fantastic, but there's just something about that whole song. It's just kind of, you know, just it's kind of going to cool sound to it when he, you know, kind of plays on the bell of the cymbal like that. And it's just mm -hmm. something that you normally hear more in like a hard rock song. And, you know, you guys got it in the whole thrash thing. And it just, uh, that's my favorite one, believe it oh, or not. thank you. I mean, uh, I mean, I like wait, them all. <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm just going to say I like them all. And I am really amazed by the guitar work on all of them for sure. But it's just something about that one is very nostalgic to me. Yeah, I think Doppelganger, I mean, though it doesn't sound like Merciful Fate at all, but it has those crazy changes yeah. that Merciful Fate was really great at. Like, they'd, they'd do a riff and then go into another riff that was completely different, but yet it, it, it fit. And Doppelganger is the one song on the album that does that. It has a lot of changes and it just seems to fit. I love that song. I love it a lot. And, and hopefully... Uh, with your help, Jen, by saying how much it's your favorite song, and you're not the first person to say this, by the way, it might inspire the band to say, come on, let's, we'll play it live now, you know? Because I love, I love that song, and I, I want to play it live, you know? I do. And, you know, I kind of like, even on, on the whole CD version, the little cool fade-out at the end of the song, whereas a lot of thrash songs just stop on the dime, you know? And it was like, right, oh, it's yeah. kind of cool, you know, retro-y, I don't know, I just kind of like, it's a little different than the others. Track number nine, Ripped Into Pieces. Now, you know what this reminded me of? And it really has, there's no similarities to the songs or anything, but this is the first thing that came to my mind when I, when I heard it, was the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, boy. No, no, no. It's not about that at all. <laughs> and you know what's even funnier is when I was telling Gene about it, he goes, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even know it, so I guess I'm going to be the only person that even thinks of such a thing. But tell us yeah. what it's about. Well, it's actually a true story, and what what inspired the song is uh, my my favorite movie of all time is Jaws. Oh, God. And, yes, I know. <laughs> and, oddly enough, my favorite scene in Jaws has nothing to do with the shark. It was uh, uh, Robert Shaw, the guy that played that Captain Quint, told the story of the U.S. Indianapolis uh, that was sunk by Japanese torpedoes, and uh, a lot of people were killed, but the people that survived were floating in sea for four days, and uh, almost all of them, it was like, I think it was about 900 people were left in sea, uh, floating around in the sea, and sharks came and ate uh, almost all of them, only 316 of them survived. It is a true story. Uh, so after I saw that that scene, there's actual lines that Robert Shaw says in the movie that is in the song. You know, like the eyes roll to black and uh, 
Um, some were uh, bit in half and some were swallowed whole. I used like his dialogue and just added rhymes to him. And uh, that's what it's about. It's about, um, uh, it's a true story in World War II. It was uh, U.S. Indianapolis went uh, on a secret mission and nobody knew they were out there. And that's why the Naval Station didn't know that, uh, had no clue. They, they send distress signals and they never got it. And it's just by uh, pure luck that some plane drove, uh, flew by and saw a bunch of people in the water, and that's how they were rescued. Or else they would have all died, you know. So they were out there four days. That's basically what it was about. And, you know, uh, it's just that subject matter is so thrash, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's Any thrash. by shark is thrash. <laughs> it, it is, and it, it, it's it's just tragic. But it's a great song, too, I have right on there. I mean, it's really, it's cla- classic thrash. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it has the little... If you notice in the middle, it has the jaw theme to thrash. It's like dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. dun, dun. Yeah, then it goes into these other changes, but it has that dun 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 dun, you know, type of thing to it, you know. So that's ripped into pieces. That's kind of a tragic song. Yeah, it is. Uh, but all our songs are tragic. I don't think we have any happy songs. That well, song is I about hurting say- people. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Ripped Into Pieces isn't quite as tragic as Fist Fucking Metal. <laughs> well, Fist Fucking Metal is probably the most nonviolent song we have because nobody dies in that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I, I just will not wear the spikes when I do that. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> track number 10 and the final track of this CD, Wake Up and Smell the Thrash. Wake Up and Smell the Thrash. Okay, that's the very first song we ever wrote. Uh, I wrote it um, when I just got inspired to start a thrash band. I thought, you know, initially Thrash and I was supposed to be like a jokey band. You know, uh, we were going we to write a song called Thrash for Breakfast, Thrash for Lunch, you know, just Thrash, 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 you know? <laughs> and, and the first one I wrote was Wake Up and Smell the Thrash. Now, if you listen to the lyrics... Like all, all you old school thrashers will know, there's a lot of uh, nods to the old bands because I mentioned uh, a lot of song, either songs from old school thrash bands or album titles. Uh, I mentioned Violence Overkill. Uh, I kind of mentioned Metallica because the first line says, Wake up, smell the thrash, I'll put it into your dream exit, Sandman. Oh. That's kind of like my... Kind of middle finger to Metallica. No, I love early Metallica. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the early stuff. But, uh, you know, I mean, Black Album, I, I guess you can call me trendy when I, I'm not a big fan of the later Metallica stuff. I mean, I love the old stuff. But that was kind of my way of saying, you know, fuck you, Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you and your millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah, and love all Bastards. Thank you, Dr. Fuck, for taking the time out of your busy schedule and penciling us in to give us this awesome CD release party, so to speak, here tonight. And Poser Holocaust, is this available now? Yes, it is, actually. You can get it on our... You can get it in many places, actually. It's, it's even on iTunes now for digital download, and you can get it also at uh, CD Baby. You can actually buy it at CD Baby. You can get it at Amazon, uh, at Reverb Nation. Uh, and also on our Facebook page, we have a little merch store that I'll ship it out to you personally. You can buy it straight from me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's on sale now. You can get it now. 
Okay, great. And Get it while you can, because they're selling quick. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to let you get going. Have a great show tomorrow night. Thank and, you uh, so much. Thank you so much for having me, Chad. Oh, it, it's my pleasure. And uh, best of luck to you with uh, the new uh, CD. Thank you so much, Chad. Okay, thank you. All right, there you go. That's the interview I did with the lovely Jeff from Adam Messiah Radio. And, yeah, I just listened to it. I did edit some of it because I talked about some shows that we were playing that uh, happened like 10 years ago. And I noticed I talked about the 16-page booklet, Poser Holocaust. If you have that, you're lucky because uh, you can't get that anymore. Well, who knows? Maybe you can. But uh, now Thrash Corner Records... Uh, Picked up the CD, so they released their version, which is, uh, you know, one of those pull-out pages thing. It's not 16 pages. It's just like a poster when you, you know, you can open it up. And it is available still on iTunes for digital download, Amazon, and elsewhere. So check out Poser Holocaust. I'm still very, very proud of that album. Anyway, let's go into the vault. All right, back in here for the vault where I play you guys a song. And to keep it thrash or die, I want to play you guys a demo that uh, of a song that didn't appear on Poser Holocaust, but, you know, it was recorded before we recorded that album. And it's actually a cover song we did for a song called Piranha by a band called Lord Tracy. Now, Lord Tracy was a band that, as far as I know, only released one album, Deaf Gods of Babylon, I think it's called. And it features Terry Glaze, who was the singer of Pantera before Phil Anselmo. And uh, the middle of the song Piranha, their version was kind of hokey. So what we did was we put the riffs of the Exodus song Piranha in the middle. And uh, it was, uh, it still is a a crowd favorite. I think uh, we played, I don't know if we ever played a show where we didn't play this song. And we always end the show with this song. Anyway, I love it. I still love it. I love performing this live. And uh, check it out, man. Our version of Lord Tracy's Piranha with a little Exodus thrown in. And a side note, Gary Holt did hear this. And he loved it. He found it hilarious. And he thought it thrashed. And I think it thrashed too. What do you think? Check it out. This is a song about a fish! A fish of Yeah. 
Well, there you go. Piranha from Thrash or Die. Well, our version of it. God, I sing like an angel. Anyway, thank you all for listening. And, you know, I did another interview with Jet for a special Valentine's show. And I remember that one was pretty funny. I haven't heard in a while. But uh, I'm going to listen to it. And I want to put that out on Valentine's Day. And that's coming up very soon. Uh, I think it's sometime next week. So expect a brand new Vieira Vault Valentine's edition with the lovely Jet. And who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a couple stories or throw in something else. Who knows? So if you're listening to my voice right now, you fucking rule. You made it to the end of the episode. And thank you so much. And uh, this is my one and only podcast. I want to keep it this way. Um, How can there be any drama if it's only me doing this podcast, right? So, uh, God, I hate drama. I really do. I despise drama. Maybe I'll talk about that in the Valentine's episode. Maybe not. But either way, thank you all for listening. Schmack-a-ma-gob.